You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central show is brought to you by Sucklebusters. You can find them at sucklebusters.com. Also by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at the BBQ guru.com or call them 800-288-GURU and by the CHOPS Power Injector System the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA find them at barbecuekansascity.com and by Butcher Barbecue from injections to rubs to sauces always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com and by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Cook Shack Pellet and Electric Grills. Visit them at PelletCooker.com or CookShack.com or call them 800-423-0698. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash to be won. Find out more at kcbs.us slash samstour. And by Cookin' Pellets, you can buy Cookin' Pellets at cookinpellets.com. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at greenmountaingrills.com. And by iGrill. The Bluetooth grilling thermometer that allows you to monitor temperatures from 150 feet away. Use promo code CENTRAL for 15% off your purchase at iDevicesInc.com. Hi, I'm Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report radio show. When I'm not falling in love with the First Amendment all over again, I like to sit back, relax, and rub my meat to the Barbecue Central show. And now your host, Greg Rempe. Go, Greg. Yeah, rub that meat. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rampey. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to jump in tonight... More than happy to have you. A phone call it is, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com if you want to jump in that way. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now. A guy who I have been efforting on this show for some time, to put it mildly. 
when you start to take a poll of who are some of the all-time great and current competition barbecue cooks, guys that are getting into cooking class lesson giving, successful restaurateurs, and a uh, host of uh, one of the most popular barbecue shows out there currently on the television. You can really start to trim it down into who's going to be making a return to the show tonight. Uh, Nonetheless, you will be finding the pitmaster of cool smoke, Tuffy Stone, joining me on this very show for the first hour. So uh, we'll get through the open. Uh, We'll get Tuffy next segment and hold him over to the following as well. So very much looking forward to catching up with him as uh, our time is going to allow. And it's going to be you know, pretty tight uh, for the amount of time or the amount of raw material that we could have getting involved with Tuffy. Uh, we'll, we'll see what we can squeeze in, but uh, hopefully we'll be back in touch with him sooner or later after the fact this evening. So Tuffy Stone in the first hour, then we move to the second hour. And we have a steak surprise. And by surprise, I mean we're going to be interviewing the guys that are creating Steak Meister. If you're not familiar with Steakmeister, you can do a quick Google search and see a product that you will either find intriguing or off-putting or a potential mixture of both. But nonetheless, uh, Kickstarter campaign, so you know me. I mean, uh, to me, it's a small percentage of Kickstarter campaigns that I really find to be worthwhile or Something I want to bring to the show. This one just struck a chord with me. And then when I found out who was actually behind it, uh, that story potentially even a little bit more exciting and or entertaining than the unit itself. But nevertheless, we'll talk about both. Uh, We have the guys from Steakmeister joining me and talking about their Kickstarter campaign and what they hope to do with the product here over the next weeks and months to come. So there you go, uh, 216-220-0966, Greg at the thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, 1035 could be a holdover with the guys from Steakmeister, depending how the first part of the uh, interview goes and what stories we're getting out of them. Or it could be an open segment, and of course, when there's open segments, there's things to give away, so who knows what's going to be happening at the very tail end of the show. So... You stay tuned, and we'll see what's happening there. Tuffy Stone and uh, Sebastian and Alton from Steakmeisters going tonight. Hey, right now, blast off the email. Let everybody know that the show is on. A couple different links to send them to. If you would like to share the video link, please send them to OutdoorCookingChannel.com slash watch dash now. Longtime syndication partner of the show. Happy to uh, be a part of Kevin Bevington's channel now for a number of years. Uh, live show and then archives as well available out there if you want the audio only of the show because i did get an email last week saying hey i tuned into the live video show i had to tune out because man you're looking around a lot i know i know i am remember this show started out as a radio show so you never saw me you just heard my voice which Again, if you go back through the annals and the history and the archives of this show, both audibly and video, you'll know I've said I would never mind if this show somehow made it all the way back to just the audio thing. But video is now happening, so 
what can I tell you? This is where we've evolved to. So if you find the fact that I'm looking around and I'm constantly moving around and all this stuff, you find it to be a little off-putting. Look, I understand. I get it. I'm a one-man show. I'm working this thing by myself, looking at clocks, looking at sound drops, looking at uh, transition screens for the video side of things. So I am looking around a lot, and I absolutely agree it could be very off-putting. So go to the website, thebbqcentralshow.com, and click on the Listen Now live big red button at the top of the homepage. You can just listen to the audio and decide whatever the hell else I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. You don't have to worry about if I'm looking at the camera all the time or not because I don't work off a teleprompter either. All right. Uh, again, last time I'm going to mention this, maybe next week. But uh, I am on the lookout for two teams. For next year, we're going to be doing a full exposition of one team at 30-plus and another team in between that 10 to 20 range, uh, maybe two teams in that 10 to 20 range. So if you're interested, if you want your team to be on the show and available, I would need you to be available at least once or twice a month, possibly more on the twice side. And we want full in-depth stuff, flavor profiles, cooking techniques, things that you're adjusting, things that you switch to, what's happening at home, what's happening at work, want the full inside scoop. So if you're willing to give it up like that, I would love to have you throw your name into the hopper for consideration. My email address is greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, and uh, we'll whittle those down and get those teams announced here over the next couple weeks. Again, if you're interested in doing that and you fall between the 30-plus and then somewhere between that 10 to 20, and I might take two of those teams, Give me an email. Let me know you're interested, a little write-up on you and, and what you're down. And again, you have to be willing to share everything. Not interested in not sharing everything. We want it all because that's what makes the, uh, the shows that do it like this successful. Don't forget, starting next week, going through Christmas, I'm partnering with iGrill, who is a sponsor of the show, and we're going to be doing a product giveaway for those three weeks so you're going to need to tune in live for the show in order to win one of three iGrill 2s. Also, some beer koozies or drink koozies, depending on what your preference is. Some guys don't get into the beer and the liquor and stuff where you need a koozie and you want it for your pop or your Coca-Cola, stuff like that. You can use it for that, too. But starting next week, once a week for three weeks, we're going to be giving away an iGrill 2. They're about 100 bucks retail price. So... You get it for free if you win. And again, games that are potentially on the table for this, the ever-popular Original 3, Cheese or Font, Winery or Rehab, Porn Star or Athlete, and maybe, just maybe, we might be getting into a new game where, uh, because my oldest daughter is a freshman in high school, go around to her friends, give them words to say, and say, you know, can a ninth grader say it? Or maybe something a little bit more witty if we actually come down to that game to play and uh, i will say okay uh, here's the word it's frivolity and then they have to read it off a card and if you get two out of three correct then you win and then you would basically just say yes they can pronounce it or no they can't pronounce it then we play the sound bite there you go i mean who knows what could happen it's going to be great that's your chance to win a free eye grill too so if you're interested in that be sure to tune in starting next week, and then it will go for the following three weeks after that. You could perhaps give it away as a gift if you already have an iGrill 2. Maybe you have an iGrill Mini and you don't want the iGrill 2 or whatever. Or you can give away your iGrill Mini. You keep the iGrill 2 because, remember, there's multiple probe opportunities with the iGrill 2. So very much looking forward to getting that going. I believe 
We're also giving away a Snake River Farms ham next week. That's like a $200 retail situation. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we also might be doing some type of a butcher's barbecue giveaway over the next week or two as well. So plenty of stuff to give away here on the show. Plenty of stuff to get tuned into and educated on in regards to the show. If you want to jump in, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com is the email. If you want to jump in on the phone, more than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. Those are the two ways to get in touch with me. Tuffy Stone coming up out of the break and for the segment after that as well. All right, folks, if you didn't know already, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. That's right. They are the number one dealer of Mac Pellet grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills, smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs. From flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending, their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition. The American Royal, the Jack Daniels, the Kingsford Challenges, the Houston Livestock and Rodeos, the King of the Smoker, Smoker wins, all that that's winning at all. Every week it's winning. Don't think that they can just be pigeonholed to competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known that they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. With four of the nine BPS rubs featured on their permanent menu and amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs are approved in anyone's pantry. Big Papa also banded together with fellow California-based rub company called Simply Marvelous Barbecue form what is now known as the West Coast Offense Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features the online meat locker with top-quality meats from Snake River Farm shipped right to your door, the American Kobe beef, the Carabuda pork, which we'll be giving away next week, Double R Ranch meats. Big Papa's meat locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. They're committed to bringing you the best flavors on the market as well. Big Papa has also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition cooks in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this within only five years of being in the business, soon to be six, by the way. Turning the competition barbecue world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, benefiting children's charities across the U.S. I say it each and every week. It's just the for everything that they've already accomplished. We're not even talking about their success on the competition side of things at Big Pop Smokers. It's just the beginning for them. Tuffy Stone comes out of the break. Big Papa's website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Stay tuned. Pitmaster Cool Smoke coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Oh, uh, where am I at? Just lost my place. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. If you're looking for something medium size, they got you covered. Something to take on those tailgates, they got you there too. You can also get wood pellets to fire those cookers. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grill. You could love yours, too. And, yes, I'm aware I don't have any green screen behind me tonight because I am in full-blown construction mode. This is what it looks like before the green screen is going to actually be put up. Look, uh, folks, when we talk about the good guys in the barbecue world these days, my next guest inevitably at the top of most people's lists You've seen him as a judge on Barbecue Pitmasters for years now. He has uh, a, uh, he's been a competitive cook for even longer than that. Former KCBS Team of the Year winner. Extensively and extremely successful restaurateur. Now a cooking class instructor as well. Let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome back to the Barbecue Central Show, the Pitmaster of Cool Smoke, Tuffy Stone, joining me here on the show. Tuffy, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How you doing this evening, Greg? Absolutely fabulous, Tuffy. I appreciate you kind of doing the uh, the old Iron Man thing here. I know you've been <laughs> traveling two thousand miles here over the last six days, and uh, you know probably the last thing you want to do is sit down with uh, an internet host and kind of gab it up here a little bit. But I certainly appreciate the effort you're putting forth here tonight. And uh, I guess before we uh, kind of start to play catch up, um, maybe a, a quick recap on smoking at the track and you know what that event was all about. Uh, you know, Michael Mixon and uh, a, a gentleman, uh, Rodney, got together uh, at a competition one time and got to thinking how cool would it be to to bring uh, an event to NASCAR and, and showcase barbecue and, and, and make it, uh, bring it out to the fans to where there would be demonstrations and samplings and and they worked on this thing real hard for for a long period of time and uh i was uh, asked if i would uh bring out my Vulcan 33 and come down there and uh and and compete down there and michael is just a, a really really great guy and 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 i said absolutely so my dad and i uh rolled the Vulcan 33 onto a trailer and strapped her down and we headed down to homestead miami where there was nine other pitmasters down there, and we had it was it was a full weekend. We we had to load NASCAR events are, are real challenging as far as logistics and space and and all of that. So they had a, they had a uh, a big setup, and you know the the schedule was you know demos throughout the weekend and 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 sampling, and then we at the same time cooked a competition where we cooked chicken ribs, pork, and brisket. Uh, in a in a KCBS sanctioned event, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was uh, a lot of work, but the the fans liked it, and uh, and it was a really really cool event. Tuffy Stone joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Cool Smoke. Uh, by the way, if you want to check it out here while we're talking this evening, uh, you can check out Tuffy's website, Cool Smoke Barbecue. That's B A R B E Q U E, and uh, see what he's up to, and uh, see everything else that he's got going. 
at the current time. Uh, Tuffy, in regards to, to competitions, I mean, geez, uh, you look back even just over the, the breadth of work this year, you know, what I've noticed over the time, and, and we've kind of lost touch here over the last, you know, three, four years or so is you know, when we were first talking, you were out. You've been former KCBS Team of the Year. You've been, you know, doing, you know, any number of competitions, you know, back in those days. But as you start to look back over the last, you know, three or four years, compared to some of the other guys that are at the quote-unquote top of the, of the KCBS ladder, you're doing substantially less competitions in volume. But the ones that you're doing, you're either winning or your second place or, or top 10. And really, it's mostly second place or winning uh, for a lot of these contests. Do you, attri- you know, I just I don't have a lot of time, Greg. And as much as I, I love competition barbecue and, and all my friends out there on the circuit with with my restaurants and, and my catering company and, and my family, I, I can't get on the road. Uh, like I once did. I think the most I ever competed in one year was back in 2007 when we were fortunate enough to be KCBS team of the year. And I think that year I cooked 25 contests and that was, you know, that was just like every year for the team of the year. You know, we took it all the way down to plant city in November to try and seal that deal. Uh, This year, the Jack, uh, when we cooked that, that was my seventh contest. I think last year I either cooked seven or eight, and the year before that, I cooked seven or eight. And it's just a matter of not having the time. I really like to do it, and, and the people are great. Uh, I have been fortunate that I've been able to cook in the the Jack the last few years, and I've been able to cook in the uh, American Royal Invitational and the Open and, and Houston Livestock Rodeo Show. So, so I've been real fortunate to be able to, even though I'm not cooking a lot, I've been able to cook in some of the... Uh, the contest that I think we all want to get into. So, I mean, you're cooking those, but you're also uh, winning. You're doing very well in those. So if you kind of look at what the, the standard operation of practice and what I hear from pitmasters is, you know, it's consistency, it's consistency, it's working your program, it's staying kind of lubed and oiled, if you will. When you're doing it, you know, seven and eight times a year versus going back to, to 25 times, is it a fact that you did that 25 plus, you know, a number of years and, the process is there and the method is there. So it doesn't matter if you're doing seven anymore or, or, or is there some type of a, a process that you've worked out to, to do less, but still kind of maintain that winning? Well, I think anybody that's ever cooked beside me knows I'm, 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 I'm pretty focused when I get to a contest and, and for the guys that are cooking 25 to 40 contests a year, their motions are so fluid. You, you know, back when I could cook, you know, I could never cook 40, but back when I could cook a lot more contests, you, you you get your timing and, and your steps and, and your process is so smooth uh, that it it's really hard to compete with that. And but for me, you know, I'm spending the money. I'm I'm leaving my businesses. I'm I'm away from my family, and so for my process, you know, first of all, it starts here in Richmond. You know, clean pit. I hand cut every piece of wood. Uh, I hand split every piece of wood. It's loaded in there. My rubs are fresh. My my knives are sharp. You know, uh, so it starts with the preparations before we even get underway. And then when we get in the vehicle, and it's usually just my father and I, I'll kind of, you know, I've, I've got to almost kind of like change mindset all of a sudden because I'm going from running my businesses and, and those responsibilities to now trying to get into this competition zone. And I will... You know, when we went and cooked the Kingsford Invitational last May, I had a lot on my plate, 
and and so there was uh it was really hard to uh to give the that cook uh and competition barbecue the time that I'd like to have given it and and so when we finally had everything loaded and we were driving up to New York City to cook in the Kingsford Invitational, I just kind of like, you know, get in this mental zone and I'm thinking about all my processes and I'm thinking about all my categories and what it is I'm trying to achieve. And so that's that's part of my process, you know, that, that trip there, getting into the zone. And then when we get to the contest, it's getting my site laid out perfectly. And, and I do things like... I will get all my aluminum full, uh, cut and folded, and 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 I'll I'll do. I just have this process of getting, uh, you know, in, in French cooking we'll call it mise en place. But I'll get my whole station just set, and you know I I try to incorporate rest, um, and and I have these marks that I want to hit. When I do get to cook a little bit, like if you look at the Kingsford or not the Kingsford, at the American Royal Invitational, uh, I had. My I had a good cook that day, but my ribs were a little tight. And so when I went into the open, I said, all right, I'm going to make an adjustment for that. And I made an adjustment for it, and it didn't work out. So when we went to the jack, I had this, you know, I had two cooks under my belt that were recent. And I was like, all right, whatever you do, you got to get tender ribs. And so <laughs> these are some of the steps uh, and processes that that I kind of do when I'm trying to get ready for a competition. Tuffy Stone joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Cool Smoke Barbecue Team. Uh, obviously, uh, the owner of Q Barbecue, and again, the website is Cool Smoke Barbecue. If you want to check it out here while we're uh, talking here this evening, um, Tuffy. In, in regards to some of the competitions that you have done this year, uh, you know, obviously uh, the most recent uh, win that uh, you know was uh, on the huge scale was the Jack. Uh, you've won the American Royal. Um, You've won the Kingsford Invitational. I mean, you've won some huge highlighting events. So, you know, I, I don't, and I try to do a lot of history and research here prior to this interview. And just in regards to the American Royal and the Jack being won, I mean, do you have any idea how many pitmasters have been able to achieve, you know, winning both of those? Is it, is it only, you know, maybe one uh, of, a, of a Johnny Trigg or, or somebody like that? You know, Johnny Triggs, the only, he was the only person ever to have won the Jack uh, two times prior to us uh, winning this, this year. And, and then for us to be able to hit the Invitational in the Open and win that, I, I think it's a first. And so, you know, just saying that out loud, I still can't even believe it, Greg. It's, uh, it's pretty unbelievable to me. But um, it, I, I never... I, I got into cooking barbecue as a way to kind of get reconnected with cooking, and I never in my wildest dreams would I have ever imagined uh, the path that it would lead me. There's few pitmasters that I can have on this show, Tuffy, and ask this question because simply it doesn't happen often. Is or even to a lot of a lot of pitmasters is if you have the jacket and you win it, and you did, and you have the American one, and you win it. And you look at those either together or separately. Can you find commonalities between those and say this is what's great about winning these competitions, or, or are are they so different that each one has to be kind of you know held off on their own like separate kids almost? Well, I mean, I think I think just some of the things. So the the night that we won the American Rule Invitational. Uh, Unfortunately, they didn't get any pictures of me that evening where I wasn't crying and 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 and, and tears of joy and and, and emotion. And, and the reason for that, Greg, was 
when I first started competing, I found out about the American Royal Invitational, and I kind of made this this scratched out list of just uh, things that would be cool if it could happen. And, and one of the things on that list was it'd be really cool to get invited to cook the American Royal Invitational one day. So that evening when uh, when they called us champion, it just took me all the way back to 2004 when I first started competing with the with uh, a simple goal to just get invited to cook it and 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 here you know uh, 9 years later I guess it was uh 2013 to get called for grand champion and to walk out on on that dirt and get your feet dirty and to get that cape and that crown was was just a really uh it really struck home with me, and and so, uh, and and what I like about the you know American Royal has just got so much history in that event, and that contest, and and the Invitational. I think I think this past year there was 187 teams, uh, all Grand Champions competing, and and no one's left out there. You know, if if you win a Grand Championship that year, you can come. The Jack, you know the Jack. You, you, you're interviewing us all every weekend, and you know uh, there's a specialness with the Jack and and the draw, and and there's uh, there's there's joy and there's defeat. You know, on, on that day of the draw, you know, I I had a friend this year, Tommy Houston. He had he had six draws uh, and and missed them all. You know, he's one away from being an automatic. But going down in that holler has got a really really special feel to it the awards uh is is pretty incredible and you've got all the international teams there and you know that's just another dream come true in the world of barbecue if, if you can if you can you know here's what I, I i did this twice in two interviews two different years at the jack and, and i think i think most of the teams that are that are listening tonight that have cooked the jack can relate to this if and, and it's true with the rule too both these contests if you get your name called one time and, and you get that ribbon, and it doesn't matter what color it is. It, it's so special. And at the Jack, if you're in the top five, you get a Jasper. And if you get a Jasper, I mean, that's really unbelievable. Um, you know, to win it is just, uh, it, it's, you wake up the next morning and you're like, did that really happen? Was that a dream? Uh, I guess. Uh, you know, they're both really special. The other one that I'm, uh, not mentioning, and uh, I'm just kind of catching myself here, is the fact that you've also uh, won a Memphis in May, which is you know a completely different uh, style of cooking as well. So I mean, you, you go across the marks: uh, Kingsford Invitational, Memphis in May, American Royal, Jack Daniels. Uh, you know, short of a Sam's Club, and and I guess the King of the Smokers at some point, unless you've won that too. Uh, I mean, th- those are really kind of the old standby uh, contests that have been out forever and ever, and everybody wants to win at least one and. You've got all those notches in the belt. I mean, it, it's been a, a pretty charmed competition career, not for lack of hard work, obviously, uh, but when you can go back and say you won all of them, that's really something to hang your hat on, isn't it? You know, Greg, I tell people all the time, and it's the truth. Um, I, I, I say, in fact, you know, even when we went to the Royal, when we went to the Royal, I thought, I thought, I thought the odds were going to be really against us. I, mean, I, th- I thought if you if you were to like put odds together on how we would do at the, at the role this year. I just thought, you know, I, I, we, we hit in 2013, we hit in 2014. We're going to get our butts handed to us uh, in 2015. And then we ended up being 
first runner-up in their invitation on second runner-up in the open. But I tell people all the time, and this is the truth, I was like, if we never, ever hit again, it we've still hit more than our fair share. And, uh, and, and that's the truth. I mean, and, and I, there's a saying, and I don't remember who shared it with me, and, but I really like it and, it, and it resonated with me, and I just kind of stick to it. And it's like, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And so I don't get to cook a lot of contests now. When I do cook a lot of contest, uh, when I do cook a contest, I'm leaving a, a lot of other things that are on my plate. So I just try and my goal is to close chicken ribs, pork and brisket, and and every time I close those lids, to just do everything I can to make sure that's the best example of doing what I know how to do. And and I and I teach this in my class. It's like if I close the lid on chicken, and and my chicken, if it wasn't the right tenderness or the presentation didn't look good. Uh, or whatever it is, I, I go into, I walk back to ribs because I usually walk my own boxes because my dad's heart condition. And, and and I try and make it up in ribs. And I just kind of do that all the way through brisket, you know, trying to build. and But, you know, we've still had more than our fair share. We just have. I mean, I, I, I don't know why we've done so well. Uh, we've been We've been really, really fortunate. Tuffy, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, I mean, you You've really struck me as a guy who is honest and hardworking and appreciative of everything earned, and uh, certainly nobody can take that away from you. But uh, and I don't know how many people point this out or, or make a reference to this, but it's something that I notice, and uh, you know, family very important to me, uh, and it obviously seems to be very important for you when you look at all of the things we just talked about in regards to the winning. Uh, your dad's there. Like you're with your dad, seeing you win, and you guys win the biggest barbecue events uh, that not only take place in a year, but that any pitmaster would love to win before they put out the fire for good. So, what does that mean to you to be sharing all of this success with your dad? You know, my dad, he, he's. You'd have to spend some time around him. He's he's so proud, and he he's so so happy uh i think it was the american royal open when we hit that they give you a they give you a ring when you win the royal whether it's the invitational or the open and so the year we won the open 2014 i had a, a second i had a second ring made and his birthday was december 19th and i called him up and he came by our new restaurant that we had opened rancho tea we weren't open at the time and had a uh, had a uh, birthday present for him and and it was a small box and it was the the ring of the American Royal and he he put that on he was so touched and he wears that every day you know I I can't wear them they're too big for me I just leave them in a box but uh, he's uh, he is so he he told me this weekend he's my dad's a big race fan and, and one of the things we were able to do this weekend in in Homestead Florida I do some work for Smithfield and they sponsor. Uh, Richard Petty and uh, his team, and we were able to go and, and meet Richard and have pictures taken and go to the haulers and everything. And my dad was just so happy. But it's it's really really cool, Greg. It's uh, you know I lost my mom a couple of years ago, and uh, my dad and I we'll one of the things that I started doing just recently. Uh, I'm giving myself an extra day and travel to like the Royal and to the Jack because we were always, I'm, I'm always so busy that I have to uh, race in there at the last minute and, and then race out of there to get back to work as soon as possible. 
And and so we we took an extra day going to the rule and an extra day back and the same with the jack and we you know we did tour of Buffalo Trace Distillery we you know we just we had some meals and and it was really nice but uh, my dad tells me all the time this is one of the best things that he's ever been able to do and so to be able to experience it with with you know father and son is is, is very cool. Tuffy Stone joining me here on the show. Tuffy, can I hold you over for a break, and uh, we can finish yes, it out here the next yes, segment? Sir. All right, uh, we'll do that here. Uh, Tuffy Stone is my guest, and uh, we'll be right back with him. Quickly, let me tell you about the longest-running sponsor of the show. It's the uh, good folks over at the Barbecue Guru. That's right. Located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, these folks are the creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. Why are you going to buy something like this from anybody else? I don't know. These are the guys that created it. Get it from them. If you're not familiar with how these little beauties work, I'm not going to delve into the minutia, but imagine a product that is going to allow you to set your pit temperatures and one set keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound, sound too good to be true? It's not. Well, it's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today because maybe you're a busy working professional or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids, you're doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend those pit temperatures. Guru allows you to throw in a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at. There's a number of different models to choose from. Some of the most popular ones, of course, on the competition circuit and uh, among certain backyarders, the CyberQ Wi-Fi can run up to two different pits. You can connect it to your smart devices. You can literally check the internal temperature of the pit or internal temperature of your meats, make adjustments right on the fly on your smart device. You don't even have to get out of bed anymore. Or on the other end, you can go to the party queue at $149, easiest point of entry price-wise for temperature control devices. It goes on a number of different cookers, AA batteries. It's a self-contained unit. You can get it at thebarbecueguru.com. Now, if you're in the market for a cooker, you can look at the Onyx oven as well. You know it's going to hold a ton of meat. It accommodates the half and full pans for food service. It works seamlessly with the Guru Pit Temperature Control devices, of course. So do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com and check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, don't guess. Call them directly, especially if you're going to be giving it a gift this holiday season. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, the number 800-288-GURU or the website thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back with more Tuffy Stone in 10 seconds. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also buy them on Amazon.com as well. Sometimes they blow it out on the shipping, too, on Amazon. So uh, be sure to check them. Cookandpellets.com, proud sponsor of the show. Happy to have them aboard. And uh, we go ahead and rejoin with Tuffy Stone here. Tuffy, appreciate you hanging with me through the break there. Um, Competition-wise, uh, I mean, are you, you done for the year? No, I got one more. I get to go to uh, uh, Big Buddy Earth, uh, Sterling Ball. I get to go to King of the Smokers. I haven't. 
I cooked it the first year, and then I unfortunately I missed the last two years because of the the restaurant that I've been working on for so long. But uh, Sterling was kind enough to invite me uh, out there again this year, and, and I'm really excited. Uh, my father and I'll fly out there, and we'll cook on Sterling's pit. Cool. Uh, so that's going to wrap up your uh, 2015 season. Uh, looking ahead to next year, you know, still the same amount of competitions that you're tentatively thinking about, or still a little bit uh, too far to to really put a number on it. You know, Greg, I'm I'm real blessed. You know, winning the Jack puts me in the Houston Livestock Rodeo Show again. So I'll yep. be, I think this will be my third time cooking on what they call the Row of Champions, and so I'll I'll kick off the season with that in February. I'll do Memphis in May. I'll do the American Royal Invitational in the Open. Uh, I'll be in the Jack. So I got those five for sure to do Washington D.C. So that makes six. I don't I don't see fitting any more than seven or eight in. So it'll be very similar to the last few years. Tuffy, uh, let's transition a little bit. Talk to me about uh, you know TV and Tuffy Stone. You know you you, you look back on what a lot of uh, people consider season one of Barbecue Pitmasters, where they were following you and. Johnny Trigg and, and Harry Sue around and, you know, some of the other guys and, and it really resonated with a lot of people. And then, you know, the next season they kind of switched it around and made a little bit more of a, I guess a, a game show or a chopped version, which is kind of how it sits now. Uh, how do you find the, the genesis of that show? I mean, you've really been associated with it now, uh, you know, pretty much since its inception and, and all the way down to where we are present day. Uh, how's your time been on the show and how have you kind of uh, found the show to grow over the uh, seasons? You know, Greg, I, I I think I've been on 52 episodes of Barbecue Pitmasters. Uh, I I wasn't on any of season two, so that there was 58 in total so far. And everybody of the, the just uh, everybody in the barbecue world, the Darling season is is season one when we traveled all over the country country doing what we do, and uh, and we all had a blast doing that, and and it really I think it did a, a pretty good job in, in showing what it's like out there on the circuit. You know, networks they're always trying to, um, you know, I think I think there were some issues with with season one uh, that didn't make sense for some viewers. I mean, you and I, if we watch, you know, if we watch uh, Mesquite, Nevada, and somebody comes in third place out of a hundred teams, we know that's a, that's a good day. But the, the, the viewer who has nothing to do with competition barbecue, they didn't understand it. You know, here they were, they're following these six or seven to eight teams and, and we're not winning. And, and so, all the adjustments that they've made to the show uh, over the years has been their attempt to uh, get it to the home viewer to make more sense to them. Yeah, I'm still, I mean, you think of it this way. I mean, uh, for me at least, I'm always amazed that that barbecues made it on television as many years (laughs) as it has. Uh, I think it's pretty incredible because we sit around and build a fire and take a modest cut of meat like a pork butt or a brisket and try and, coke something great out of it and and there's some slow moving uh periods of time within that process and so their changes have always been trying to tweak it to to get the backyard barbecuer or to get the just a general uh television watcher that might not even cook any barbecue uh more interested in it and so when they went to the game show type of uh barbecue pitmasters there was always going to be a winner there. 
Tuffy Stone joins us here on the show. Uh, Tuffy, of course, uh, your uh, co-judge, Myron Mixon, and uh, yourself, I would say at least over the last handful of years, have really, uh, whether you wanted to or not, become the, the face of barbecue. You're on television consistently. There was, uh, I don't know if it was trouble, or there just seemed to be kind of a, a shuffling third seat, uh, which uh, evidently is now being filled by Mo Kaysan who is a great personality, good cook in his own right, obviously. But just, you know, if you take you and you take Myron, how has your relationship, you know, grown over the last handful of years, being able to work together on this TV <laughs> show? And, and do you find yourself either staying away from each other from taping so it's organic, or, or do you guys kind of work off each other all the time and, and this is just who you guys are on the scene? You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I will never forget the first time I met Myron Mixon that was in – uh, Mobile, Alabama, in in March of 2005, I was cooking my first contest on 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 my jambo, and and he won that day, and you know we have spent so many hours eating bad takeout food in hotels over the last uh, five years or so, and, and we're we're only a year apart in age, and uh, and and I think I'm one of the few people out there that Myron will uh, allow to give. Uh, I, I can give him crap, and, and he knows that it's all it's all just uh, in good fun, and 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 so we've really gotten to where we can uh, 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 be around each other and, and be on set and tease and kid and, and try and uh, have fun and, and and not not get any feelings hurt. And you know, the main thing I got to do is I got to take my phone and put it on silent mode because Myron gets—he starts his day about four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and he starts texting. And so it's—it's it's, it's not out of the ordinary to get a text from Myron mixing at like four thirty in the morning or so, and and have that ding wake you up. Uh, but you know, and I and I, I run into people all the time uh, out there, uh, and they say, "Is he really like that in real life?" And, and my answer that I always tell them is, I said, if Myron was here with you right now, you would enjoy your time. Uh, he's funny. You know, he's hardworking. Uh, he's got a bigger in life uh, than personality for sure. And, and he certainly uh, is a very accomplished barbecuer. But we, we, have a, we have a good rapport with each other. We're good friends. Yeah, and I guess that's where the, the disconnect lies when you look at people who either, you know, like you or, or like or don't like Myron Mixon for whatever reason is, they see you on the show, and then they see you in person, and you're like the same guy. You know, when I talked to you out at the Kingsford Invitational that very first year, you know, mm -hmm. who I'm talking to now, who I talked to then, who I had talked to years, uh, you know, interviewing you, same, same, same. Then you see Myron on the show, and this is a guy who I had interviewed, you know, two or three times before I saw him on television, and I was like, wow. You know, to me, he was putting it on a little bit because he was completely different and very professional and forthcoming in the interviews. And you see him on television, look, I get it. Nobody understands more than me that uh, it's an entertainment thing and there's got to be some value there for the uh, the guys putting together the show and for the uh, viewing audience to kind of get involved with too. But um, I think some people either dig that, I dig it, uh, and other people think, I want to see the same guy, you know, constantly through all different venues. And, and, and maybe that's kind of the, you know, that, uh, that disconnect that I was talking about with Myron. Yeah. Well, you know, he's, uh, if you go back to season one, uh, Brian Catalina, uh, was the main guy for that show. And, uh, and, and he, he, he wanted Myron to, uh, to rattle some cages. He wanted Myron to, uh, be the bigger than life personality. And, 
and 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 so initially they they really liked that aspect. I think I think as we drifted into season three, four, and five, uh, Myron was able to to really himself and 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 not you know not have to uh, be some you know not have to be uh, uh, do some of the things that I think Brian really wanted him to be for better television. And so I, I think if you ask Myron. He's enjoyed the last few years on Pitmasters. You know, he's always going to tell you like it is. That's just the way he is. I mean, that's his. He's it. Myron's worked hard. Myron used to, Myron used to drive halfway across the country, by himself, and cook a, a, a MBN contest, cooking a whole hog, shoulders and ribs by himself. And if he won, he was going to pay his mortgage. And if he didn't, he wasn't going to pay his mortgage. That's that's. <laughs> That's really incredible. That's really laying it out there, and and he did that for years, and uh, he's he's worked hard for the things that he has, and he's a, he's he, he continues to. He's but he's uh, I think if you asked him, would he rather be like he is now in in, in, in barbecue pitmasters or the first couple of years? I think he'd probably say now. Uh, Tuffy, let me ask you in regards to you know where the show is now and where it looks to go. I mean, have they found a process that you think they're going to be sticking with and, and uh, this is how the show is going to move forward as it fits? You know, I think, I think that every year at the end of every season, uh, they spend, uh, it's usually right around now. It's, you, you know, we'll usually have that last show air at the end of the summer and, you know, they'll see how the numbers do and, and, you know, as as a network, they'll they'll evaluate those, and then they'll get together with the production company. We had a shift in the production company uh, this past season that went from where Original Media had been doing it to uh, going to Citizen Productions, and and so if you if you notice, the set was different, the the cameras were different, and and so they're constantly trying to make it you know more successful and better. And, and, you know, so right now, this is usually where you just start to hear some stuff from whether it be the production company or the network. And, and so sometimes we'll go as far as into December before we'll really know completely what's up. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see some, uh, some tweaks to the show uh, this year. We had tweaks to the show last year. I think we had a couple of seasons there. Where uh, it was, it was pretty much the same for two years. But I mean, I mean, if you if you talk to the people within the industry that are making television shows all the time, and and say, all right, how many shows have you worked on that have been five or six seasons <laughs> long? Most of them have have not done any uh, television shows that have been that many seasons, and that's kind of the nature of television these days. So I'm always amazed that. You know, when we get that phone call and say, all right, you know, pack your bags, we're doing it again, because it's, it's out of the ordinary in television in general these days for reality television. And, 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 it, and it, 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 to me, it's even more surprising that we're doing it in the world of barbecue. Tuffy, let me ask you a couple last questions here before I let you go and appreciate the time okay. tonight. And we'll transition out of television. I want to talk to you quickly about uh, cooking classes. This is something that you've gotten into recently and obviously cooking classes on its head have been very successful and uh, prolific here over the last handful of years obviously 
you know, the the class that everybody kind of resonates with initially is the the Rod Gray and Johnny Trigg old school versus high tech and all that stuff. And it's grown and grown and grown since then. Uh, you're getting into it now. And uh, so, you know, what, what kind of pushed you over the edge to, to take advantage of uh, the classes now instead of doing it in, in years past? Is it a time thing? Does it just fit best now? How does that work? No, I didn't have anything to do with it. I, here, here's the truth. You know, for the longest time, and, and, you know, there are so many great classes out there, and you can really uh, shorten your learning curve and get out here and, and be a competitive cook really fast on the circuit now with with these classes that you mentioned. For me, the lo- for the longest time, I was like, I'm not teaching any classes because you can go and take all these other classes, and it's just making it more and more challenging uh, every weekend for us all to get a call. And you just got, you know, you've got, I mean, I could, I could, we could do a whole nother segment on this song. I'm trying to keep it brief, but, uh, you know, there used to be a time you could pull into a competition and there was a big portion of the population there that didn't really care about the contest. They were there to socialize, have a good time, yeah. uh, have some, uh, some adult beverages, cook some food, and they didn't care about the competition. That's, that's changed a lot over the years. You still see a little bit of that, but for the most part, you're seeing a much bigger population of focused cooks. And so after 2007, when we were team of the year, I had people saying, when are you going to teach a class? I said, I'm not going to teach a class. You know, 2008, we did pretty good at the Jack. Uh, 2010, we, we hit in Memphis in May. 2011, you know, all these things. And people are asking, when are you going to teach a class? And I was like, I'm not going to teach a class because uh, it's hard to, to get your name called. <laughs> and then when I had that little run between 13 and 14 with uh, hitting the Invitational, the Jack, and the Open, I finally stepped back, and, and, and this is the truth, and it's like, you know what? Um, I've had so much good fortune on this circuit. Uh, I think it's okay to do this now. Now, let's talk about classes. You know, you, you had a, a time where a class was taught, and uh, it was going to be techniques but not all the recipes. Then you had classes that are like, we're going to teach all our recipes. For me, I made my class longer on Saturday than a lot of guys. I, I, I go I, th- I go from 4 to 9 on Friday evening, and then Saturday I go from 7 to 7. And and I've been on your show before. You know I get a little windy anyways. But I didn't feel like – I said, all right, I'm telling you, I'm teaching everything that I'm doing uh, completely, and I've had a lot of people have good results. Uh, nothing's being held back. The uh, But I couldn't – you know, I, if, if all you're looking for is a magic rub and sauce, that's fine. You're going to get that. If you want my brine recipe, it's it's coming. You want my injection recipe, yeah, you're getting that too. But to me, the more important part is how I think about barbecue, uh, doneness, uh, smoke. Um, uh, there's so many things that I felt like I can't do this and be done by mid-afternoon on Saturday. I need till 7. And so I made a really nice facility. Um, it's very comfortable. I'm not taking any more than 35 in the class. My first class, I think I had 45 and it was just a little crowded in there. So I'm capping it at 35 now. I've got heat, I've got air conditioning, I've got a really nice uh, crab cake and steak dinner on Friday night. But, you know, I got a lot of amenities and the space is comfortable, but I'm really trying to have people walk out of there understanding all my thinking, all my methods, all, you know, I, I, I make, I've, Anyways, I, I could get a little long on this, but um, bottom line is after after hitting the Invitational, the Open, and the Jack, I thought, all right, you know what? If I never get another call in my life, 
I've made some accomplishments that are going to be with me for forever. And and I said, all right, if I'm going to do a class, I want to make it a great class, and I want to try and teach you how to cook. You know, I can give you the recipes, that that, but let me try and teach you to cook the way I cook. So you make good with that. You decide you're going to do it. You can write down the class. You build the amenities, all this stuff. But when the first class gets going, mm-hmm. you're you are winning great contests, big contests, small contests, medium sized contests. You are uh, you know a, a true craftsman when it comes to recipes and rubs and brines. And I mean, it's not you know you're not the guy that just goes out like a lot of guys and just buys the mass stuff and kind of tinkers from there. I mean, it's it's all no, your stuff. No, I'm, I'm using that. You you see it. You come take a class. I'm going to give you a goodie bag. I got I got some goods in their stuff, and you know uh, there's some stuff I'm doing myself. But I'm using a lot of uh, products out there that are made by good friends, and uh, you know probably about the most convoluted thing I'm doing in my cooking. <laughs> is my brine and that dips back into my French background where I got mirepoix and stuff like that going in there. But, and, and that was another part of it. Greg was like, all right, I, you know, I had, I had a friend come up to me and said, Tuffy, everybody thought you were going to be like the wizard of Oz and you're going to pull back this curtain. And it was going to be all this trickery and all this, uh, wizardry. And, uh, my, my cooking, I think my cooking is relatively straightforward. I, I had a really good cook who I respect has been cooking for a long time in my last class, this past one. And, he said, Tuffy, I'm glad you're cooking so straightforward. Uh, to me, to me, to me, if if I teach the class well, you can take your rub sauce and uh, your rub and sauce, Greg, and go out there and win with it because I think it's I think it's technique, I think it's method, I think it's smoke, I think it's tenderness, I think it's presentation, I think it's all that. Look, if you look at if you look at most rubs, I bet if if we go and get like 10 of the most popular rubs on the circuit right now. They're going to be fairly similar to each other. There's yep. going to be salt. There's going to be sugar. There's going to be pepper. There's going to be maybe onion powder, garlic powder. You know, I don't care. You know, I, I haven't tried a lot of these uh, rubs, but, you know, they're, they're going to be a lot of – so if, if you learn how to put the right amount of rub on it for the right amount of time and you, and you, and you, and you manage this product – and cook it to this this state of doneness that when you take a bite, it's like it's got a nice gentle silky chew that if it were to chill a little bit because the box sat there for a while, it still eats well, you know. And then I'm just get, I'm just touching into a little bit of it. Uh, but if you can hit those points and cook perfect food and make it taste really good, and do that with four categories, more often than not, you're gonna have a pretty good day. Problem is, we got so many damn cooks these days <laughs> that you got you got a ton of people that are hitting those marks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not making all my rubs and sauce from scratch. I might be blending them and using them in a different way. Uh, and and that's a I'm I'm getting windy and I'm sensitive to time here. But uh, you know, when I first got into competition barbecue, I used to think, you know what, white truffle salt would be great on brisket, <laughs> and, and it is, Greg but don't take it to the competition barbecue. Was there ever a point when, when you were putting the class together where you had to reconcile and maybe it's happening as like you start to talk that first time where you're like, wow, I'm really about to give everything away here. And the competitor in me all of a sudden becomes very anxious and there's anxiety building and, and stuff like that. Or, or did you make enough peace no, doing and I, building that you're hard. okay? I, in fact, if you do, I, I probably still do it a little bit. <laughs> And people laugh in the classroom. I said, if if I go into a hushed tone, 
It's because I'm sharing with you something <laughs> that I'm not used to sharing. It was a private thought for a very, very long time. And, and the first two classes were probably the worst. And I've gotten better at it. And, uh, but it's, sometimes it's still foreign. But on the flip side, I'm charging you $950 to come and, and, and hopefully take my class. And so the bottom line is uh, that's, that's top drawer. That's a lot of money. And, and, and I, you know, I gotta, I gotta give all I got. And, and if anything, probably the, the, probably the, probably the thing I need to work on a little bit better is I'm trying to give you everything that I have. And that can be a little bit overwhelming. So I'm getting better at, at, at delivering that information in, in a, in a, in a, I built a, uh, a section in, in this classroom that's got couches and a television and a place to trill, uh, chill out because I knew I was going to bring out too much uh, deep philosophy and, and technique and method in cooking, and it was probably going to uh, put you to sleep or overwhelm you at some point. So if anything, I'm, I'm probably giving too much sometimes, but I, I just really wanted to, you know, someone told me a long time ago, I've got a catering business that I had for 20 th- 23 years. And this guy told me, Tuffy, you're only as good as your last catering. And so I kind of take that look at, at the classes because, you know, if I get 35, you know, the, the last class was full, January's full. And I think I got three or five spots in the March class. But, you know, if I can do a really, you know, most people don't even want you to know that they took a class. And I understand that. And I respect <laughs> that. Uh, so you don't usually have uh, people take your class, you know, doing a lot of shout outs for you anyways. But my, my goal is if I can just put 110%, if I can put the same energy into my class and focus as I do cooking a competition barbecue and, and have people leaving out of there feeling like, all right, so they, they took off from work more than likely. They had to travel to get there. They had to uh, spend the night in a hotel. They take this class. That's a lot of money. And so I feel like I have a lot I've got to deliver to make it worth it for them. Tuffy Stone is the pit master of Cool Smoke. Uh, you can check him out at coolsmokebarbecue.com. That's going to give you all the listings of uh, things that he is up to. Uh, Tuffy, really great to get caught up with you here uh, just for the great. amount that we did. Uh, so, uh, you know, hopefully we can hook back up and yeah, we can pick some absolutely. topics and delve down into those. But, again, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing it, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Greg. You got Have it. Good evening. There he is, Tuffy Stone, ladies and gentlemen. Pitmaster of Cool Smoke. Uh, we're long. Uh, that's fine. More than fine, uh, actually. So um, we'll uh, we'll catch back up here on the clock shortly. And uh, thanks again this to Tuffy Stone for joining me the past two segments and talking about uh, a lot of competition stuff, a lot of the classes. Uh, I, I had a uh, outline of things that I wanted to hit. Uh, we got through about 32% of it, okay? 32. I figured as much. We've reestablished the lines of uh, communication, so uh, hopefully we can do it again sooner than later. Pick topics, get down into them. Tuffy's a great guy to talk to, and obviously uh, very well prepared. The Fast Eddie's by Cook Shack, folks, is a grill and smoker all in one. It is a 100% stainless steel, wood-burning, pellet-fired cooker that uses direct and indirect heat up to 800 degrees. It is the only pellet grill on the market that uses charbroiler technology. Features electronically controlled temperature to eliminate large heat fluctuations that dry and shrink meat. A pellet grill can barbecue, grill, bake, roast, sear, and smoke. 
Cook Shack has two models of pellet grills to choose from. The PG-1000 features a fully insulated double wall roll hood for superior heat retention, fuel savings, and maximum cooking performance. The PG-500 features a two-way swing lid pellet drop. The 500 and 1000 have many great features, including 784 square inches of cooking space, easy side-loading pellet hopper, fully automated wood pellet feed system, stainless steel cooking grates on the direct zone side for killer-looking sear marks, nickel-plated grills on the indirect and top racks. It also has a drip bucket, a pellet ash drawer, 100% stainless steel construction, a warming drawer. It comes with 40 pounds of Cook Shack hickory pellets and the famous 30-day money-back guarantee. It's a versatile pellet cooker that adds full flavor to your recipes, including fajitas, ribs, chicken, stir, uh, steak, desserts, sides, and large cuts of meat. It can do it all, plus cold smoking. Grilling with wood pellets penetrates the food with an intense, smoky flavor. When you cook with wood pellets, the fuel's consistent and the smoke more flavorful. For recipes and how-to videos, check out Cook Shack's YouTube channel or the cooking guide on their website. Call Cook Shack at 800 423 0698. That's 800 423 0698 or visit cookshack.com. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get caught up here. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to hit me fine how you doing (laughs) you have a great show i'm a big fan so what 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 seems to be the problem here this man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? The ate for wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Uh, Once again, I know that there is drywall with joint compound all over it behind me. I think this time next week we should be back up and running with studio fully uh, all set and complete. You can't see it right here, but I got the hot button on air button. That's very cool. So once we get the door being able to be shut in here, then we'll be able to flip the on-air button, not on-air, on-air, so people that are coming in from the green room know when the studio is in use. So that's very exciting. Very exciting, everybody. Thanks again to Tuffy Stone for joining me last segment and the segment before that. Great getting caught up with him. I mean, I'm trying to, to go back through... The uh, the mind and remember the last time he was on the show. I mean, it had to have been four years, maybe five years. I don't think I was too deep into the straight live show the last time I had him on. And coming up in February, 
will mark the eighth year of the live show. This show has been eight years in the making in February. February 7th, I believe, was the first time this show aired. Now, the show did take place in a podcast-only form for the first year, year and a half of its existence where we would long-form or uh, tape a long-form interview, and then I would go in and kind of section out what I thought were the best 20, 25 minutes of that interview and compress it and then upload it once a week. Um, and then we, we did the, uh, the live show in 2007. So eight years coming up on that. Uh, so it's been a while since we've had Tuffy on and I'm glad we could finally reconnect and uh, get a little bit caught up. I mean, I could sit here and, and talk to him about uh, just the changes that he's seen in the eight years, uh, nine years that he's been doing competition barbecue and what he used to do and what he's doing now. And obviously there's a, uh, quite a, uh, discrepancy in the amount of competitions that he's doing. But, hey, in his case specifically, talk about quality over quantity. What? You tell me a lot of those guys chasing team of the year right now wouldn't happily give away whatever they're doing to say that they have won Memphis in May. They had a top three finish at Houston Livestock and Rodeo. They won the American Royal. They won the Jack Daniels. They won the Kingsford Invitational. I mean, come on. I mean, that is, that's a career in its own, whether you're doing 30 or 40 competitions or whether you're doing seven or whatever. I mean, that is in, its, in, in a vacuum of competitions that you want to win. They don't get any bigger than that. Everybody wants to win those competitions, and he's won all of those competitions, by the way. A lot have won one. Some have won more than one of those. Few have won all of those. I think Tuffy might be the only one. I think he might be the only one. Perfect. All right, I'm getting ready to launch the weekly barbecue roundup. I don't have my music ready. Oh, where, where do you get this guy? You know, and I don't want to, oh, hopefully Meathead won't yell at me too much. I'm going to use his song. First, I got to do this. Ill-prepared, to say the least. I'm ill-prepared. All right. It's not the best song. It's not the best song for a reason, right? All right, folks, this is covering the weekend of November 20th. KCBS, the National Barbecue Cook in Cumming, Georgia, winning that one Old Virginia Smoke with a 698.2. Bar B Cure in Knoxville, Tennessee, winning that one. Clark Crew team, look at you. With a 697.0. Of course, the very famous slash infamous Plant City Pig Jam in Plant City, Florida, winning that one. Accutech. 49 teams there. 693.6. That does it for KCBS. In Texas, in the International Barbecue Cookers Association, Heritage Rodeo and Cook Off in Kingsville, Texas. Killer V Cooking Team, 
won that one. The TBIPAC Fall Throwdown Barbecue, Marksville, Louisiana. Winning that one, Smokin' Coonasses. The McGregor Lions Club Barbecue in McGregor, Texas. Winning that one, Red Dogs. And the Muy Grande Barbecue Cookoff and Prospect in Eagle Pass, Texas. Winning that one, Los Slow Cookers. That is their first grand championship, by the way. Texas Gulf Coast had one cookoff but did not report the findings. And the Lone Star Barbecue Society had no soup for you. And that is your weekly barbecue roundup for the weekend of November 20th. Trust in the low and slow. Now break. Still to come on the show tonight, Steakmeister. Literally in minutes. So stay tuned for that. There's another take that I can't get to. There's been no change again in the KCBS Top 10. Travis Clark won this past weekend, as I just mentioned. So, uh, you know, they're literally points away. I think uh, David Qualls has to go find a competition. I think they they have to chase each other around. So whoever's cooking, if if Travis is cooking, or perhaps if if Dave is cooking, Travis has to follow Dave because if Dave wins, then Travis has to beat Dave because now they're replacing high scores, you know, so... A little convoluted, I know, but what can I tell you? All right, Steakmeister coming up out of the break. Sucklebusters has new rubs out. I posted that on my Facebook. Did you take advantage of the buy one, get one? You should have. They have award-winning barbecue rubs, sauces, chili kits, and Texas gunpowder, preferred by competition barbecue cooks, Texas-based, 100% made in the USA. Products have won hundreds of industry awards, including two first places at the American Royal Barbecue Sauce Contest. Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce. We've been talking about it for weeks now, folks. Dare I say months. Based on Suffolk Buster's award-winning Honey Barbecue Sauce, this is a thin barbecue glaze and finishing sauce made especially for competition ribs and chicken. It's super sweet, not spicy. It is red, though. Super red. Because they use a special American paprika for a bright red color. Brush it on the last 5 to 10 minutes of cooking. Leaves a glossy red sheen, plus adds an extra layer of sweet flavor. Take your competition ribs and chicken to a whole nother level of the game. Available at barbecue stores or online, sucklebusters.com. Check out sucklebusters.com this year for all of your holiday gift-giving needs. Don't be a sucker. Visit sucklebusters.com. If you would like to try a free bottle of Suckle Busters, honey, barbecue glaze, and finishing sauce, shoot me an email in the subject line. Put Tuffy. That's Tuffy. You can win a bottle of honey, barbecue glaze, and finishing sauce. It's the newest sauce from Suckle Busters. If you can't wait, I suggest you visit the website, SuckleBusters.com. You can email sales at SuckleBusters.com for more information. You can call 972-393-9509. And we'll look to have Dan Arnold here on the next uh, show in the next couple weeks to talk about the new rubs and what one can expect. But if you want a free bottle of the uh, Honey Barbecue Glaze and Finishing Sauce, shoot me an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And in the subject line, put Tuffy, 
T-U-F-F-Y. And you're off and running. You can have that free bottle of sauce. We'll get it sent out to you this week. You can try it over the weekend. You tell me what you think of it. You're going to love it. I love it. Plus, if you go to the website, man, get the peach barbecue sauce. Man, hook up with the spicy peach barbecue sauce. Holy crap. It is so good. I had it on blue cheese stuffed pork tenderloin last night. The stuff is so phenomenal. It's the new secret recipe in my own homemade barbecue sauce is the, the, the what am I talking about? I don't know. I'm so excited already. The peach barbecue sauce is phenomenal. Winning Suckle Buster sauce, Ryan Roberts. Ryan, you win. Congratulations, pal. Shoot me your shipping info, and uh, we'll get it sent out to you. All right, Steakmeister coming up out of the break. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right. Welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by iGrill, makers of the most advanced Bluetooth grilling thermometers, monitors, the temperature of whatever you're grilling from up to 150 feet away using your iOS or Android device. If you want to order something, go to the store, iDevicesInc.com, and put in promo code CENTRAL. That is promo code CENTRAL, C-E-N-T-R-A-L. Get 15% off your order. From the good folks over at iGrill, don't forget next week we start giving away free iGrills, too, for three weeks. That's right. I'm going to credit former regular guest of this show as the inspiration for the next booking. Derek Riches from bbq.about.com. Shout out to Derek. Man, where are you, boy? He posted about these guys on Facebook. And it was interesting enough for me to make the reach out to these guys, see if they were interested enough to come on and do the show. Lo and behold, they were ready. They've created a steak cooker and will tell us about it tonight. Let's go ahead and head on over to the hotline. And uh, we will welcome in the creators of a device called the Steak Meister. If you haven't seen Steak Meister yet, uh, you might want to go visit their Kickstarter page and see what it's all about. Uh, Sebastian and Alton join me here on the show. Gents, how are you? Fine. Doing, doing absolutely fabulous, gents, and uh, you know, appreciate you making the time this evening to talk about Steak Meister. So uh, I guess before we get into the uh, particulars of the unit itself, uh, you know, go ahead, give me a little background uh, about yourselves, and then we'll move on from there. If you want to start, Sebastian, and then we can go over to Alton. All right. Well, yeah, first of all, Greg, thank you very much uh, for giving us the opportunity to uh, introduce you our steak. Um, we are basically uh, from Germany. We just moved over. Um, it was like two weeks ago, and uh, we launched. We want to launch a new steak grill, an innovative steak grill. And uh, we're here now right in Tennessee, and uh, we're staying at a friend's place because of the infrastructure. And, uh, yeah, we are kind of... Uh, 
well excited, you know, to, to show the American folks our new grill and uh, it will be the ultimate steak grill for the consumers. Um, I'm 35 years old, Alton is over 35 years old to give you uh, just a feeling where we are, uh, who we are and uh, yeah, maybe I should hand over then to Alton and uh, yeah. yeah uh, I don't know, there isn't much more to say, so he made a good summary of uh, what we do and where we are from, what we did. Um, maybe it's time to put our uh, statemeister in front. To, uh, if you have any questions yeah. about yeah, let me let me ask a quick question here. I mean, it's not every day that I get you know native Germans on the show to talk about barbecue or grilling or both. Um, so let me ask you, Alton, in regards to steak and what you are accustomed to there versus you know what you get here, is there a, a wide sweeping difference between you know one area and the next, or is it roughly the same type of thing no matter where you're at? Well, actually, there's there's a huge difference. I mean. Um the Germans, they are famous, you know, for those uh, pork uh, dishes like Schweinsachse and stuff like that. Something that you can see there uh, in Bavaria at the Oktoberfest. Um, it's getting more and more common that uh, steaks are, you know, being uh, a dish in, in, in German households. Um, I've been here in America for, I don't know, uh, well, my uncle lives here, you know, and in the last 15 years probably I, I'm, I'm here for, once or twice a year, so I'm basically familiar now with the with the American culture, and I really love uh, you know to eat a nice steak. Um, in Germany, it's, it's quite hard to get uh, such high quality steaks like the USDA Prime or something like that. And um, yeah, that's why you know we are kind of keen to 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 promote this grill here in America because this exactly is, is the right market in Germany. It's a bit behind, I would say. Do you do you? Uh, uh, is there a, so look, I mean, when you, this show is primarily like barbecue show. We do talk a lot about grilling, of course. Um, and there seems to be a huge growth spurt of competition barbecue, especially like a Kansas City barbecue society over in Europe, especially here over the last two or three years. You look in London, uh, they have grill stocks there two and three and four times a year now. I mean, it's a, such a, a huge sweeping event. You have a lot of great competition barbecue teams that are over in Germany and the UK and all this stuff. So, I mean, it, it's certainly something that in an American version seems to be growing over there. But is there a lot of grilling that takes place there, too, with charcoal, you know, the higher heat and stuff like that? That isn't, you know, something that we would consider barbecue here, but, you know, the more high heat grilling over there. Um, about the high heat grilling, so uh, the, the grilling is basically so uh, global, everyone sees from here and there how grilling is made and the ideas are caught from, I don't know, from US, uh, many things are caught up just to see experimenting and uh, to find out the best steak uh, that you can do. So um, basically, I wouldn't say that there is something that the Americans didn't see maybe in Germany how grilling is made or otherwise also the same so it all goes to new ideas new grills on the market and uh, just to just to with the, with the one aim getting the perfect steak at the end so all right so I would, you know the european market or especially the german market is way behind the american market i think it was in the last maybe 10 years that uh, competition barbecue competition as you mentioned it uh, are taking place in germany you know with the smokers and now um you know, with those green eggs, those, those things, um, they are more and more common, but it really lags. I mean, it, it's, it's really behind the American standard. And uh, 
that's why basically I would say that uh, that the German market is really focused on 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 the Americans how they do it and uh, how they adapt it. But I don't think that there is a trend, you know, that's built up in Germany or in Europe where the Americans say, "Wow, we we haven't seen that before." So yeah. So talk to me, guys, about Steakmeister. You know, inevitably, when somebody's bringing something new to the market, there's something that's lacking or something that, you know, the creator goes, hey, my idea would really serve a, a better niche in this overall industry. And I have to figure at some point uh, the, the Steakmeister kind of fits that mold. So tell me, you know, a little bit about the concept and, and why you think the way the Steakmeister is built is going to, you know, fit a good niche out here. Um, so as I said, I mean, I'm, I'm quite a big fan. Um, I somehow infected Altan uh, many years ago, and there are, um, there are restaurants in Germany that's uh, even called 800 degrees. 800 degrees, you know, you have to convert it, then it's 1500 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, that basically is the magic temperature, you know, to get the perfect steak. Um, so we were basically looking for, for, the, for the ingredients for or the secret for this perfect steak and it's once uh, the high quality of the meat and uh, two is uh, the high temperature of the grill. Greg, you're still there? Yeah, uh, this is don't worry about what you can see. This is what people on the video side are seeing. Yeah, we're absolutely all right. <laughs> and um, so then we figured out, you know, what, what we need to have the perfect steak and we looked on the market, we did some research and but all that we found was, you know, those huge Montague's or South Bend uh, grills that are basically um, in professional kitchens, um, in professional steakhouse restaurants. And uh, we couldn't find, you know, a portable, um, a smaller grill that uh, will fit into, into the niche or, yeah, as I would say. Yeah. And uh, therefore then we, we did some research on the American market and there were also just those huge, expensive and, and massive uh, grills or broilers for the steaks. And, um, you know, well then, you know, we, we, we tried to, to come up with some idea how we're going to do this. And um, we saw that there is a technique, the infrared uh, burners, that can provide this uh, immense infernal heat. And uh, so then, you know, we, we took some, some things apart. We combined some grill parts, um, maybe also the design of the grill, and to, to, um, yeah, to, to build this prototype, basically. And this is a portable grill, so maybe I should just uh, put it up here. Yeah, get it up. <laughs> Wait, I mean, get the grill up. That's what I mean. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, so you can see it. It's, uh, it's roughly 30 pounds, so it's portable. Um, yeah, and, and that's what we created. That basically is our prototype. We used it today already. Uh, maybe to summarize again the idea, so um, we... Went for a high temperature grill, but we saw in the market there are like maybe similar ones, but made for professional kitchens, like big in size or too expensive for a normal home, so household uh, that we could also afford. So we saw, okay, we have to be compact because we didn't have a backyard back there where we wanted to buy a grill. And we had a balcony and uh, a huge grill doing lots of things wouldn't fit for our purposes because we just wanted to make the perfect steak. Then we came up with the idea, let's do it a little bit compact with the high temperature, which is the optimum we saw, we saw then as in our research that that's 1500 Fahrenheit. 
and we put those things together. So one of our claims is also bringing the steakhouse quality grilling to our homes. So that will be the idea summarized, I think, in one sentence. In regards to that uh, infrared burner, what kind of a uh, struggle or research is it? Because uh, unless I'm mistaken, you know, there probably isn't a lot of uh, infrared burner bakers out there right now. So, you know, what kind of a process is it to source one? And do you try a whole bunch or like that's like the biggest part of the whole thing, aside from the body itself. I mean, the burner's got to be something that can kind of achieve what you want, right? I mean, once you figured out, um, we took some, some other grills apart and we saw that there is um, basically there are two or three German companies that can provide such burners. Um, they are mostly used um, in industrial um, halls, um, I don't know, in, in, in huge warehouses where you warm it. And, and we basically needed a small one, you know, um, since we said that we want a portable grill that basically limited already the size. Um, we did some research, um, we found a manufacturer for that, um, actually the purpose is different, it's not for grilling, but we took it. It's also a big uh, thing, you know, to, the air has to circul circulate somehow and, you know, to provide such a high heat and uh, it's not that easy to figure it out and it took us, I would say, a year, you know, to get the, the right circulation with the burners and, uh, you know, to get this heat. Um, we put some air slots in there, you know, to, to provide the burner with some fresh air and also to um, get rid of the combustion dust uh, gases. Um, yeah, but in terms of the burner, there's not this huge, uh, uh, well, I would say, uh, possibilities or, or variety that uh, you can choose from. Um, but, you know, they're, they're used for different purposes, but yeah, they work for us. How long does it go from, you know, that initial concept and, you know, whatever prototype? That you, is that the only prototype you have right there? We have three. Three. Uh, All right. So, have, uh, you know, initially you fire one up and it's, you know, it's probably not the, like exactly what you want. So there's learning curves and you're, you know, making these adjustments, as you said. So is the, you know, the one that you see right now is probably the one that you're taking out there and pitching to people or kind of cooking with because it's working the best right there. How long does it take from like initial concept to getting the one that's on the table right now? From the concept to building up the prototype, you mean? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, basically, I would say half off. So we, we had to um, do the pre-work like six months, like the idea, the technical drawings, a little bit research, looking at the market and everything. And I would say about six months till we found the right manufacturer from that point till which materials, which burners, and uh, how it should look like, how high, how, how would be the size and everything. That took like, I would say, six months. And I would again say half the last three months or the three months period where we were like try and error phase where we saw, okay, this, this is not good. We should change it like this and put this here and there. Small changes, I would say like also three months try and error. I mean, you have to consider that we still had normal jobs, right? So we have to do it after our work. And uh, yeah, at, at the beginning it was fun, but then uh, you know our friends saw it and they uh, they said, "Well, why don't you just try to uh, to bring it to the market somehow?" And then we figured out. I mean, Germany is, is well, it's an okay market, but I think you have to go for the big market in the USA. Basically, it's the market for this thing now.
All right, so you have this model that you're looking to, to, to bring to market. You've started the Kickstarter campaign. And yeah. so, like, what's what's the progress with that? And I guess, you know, more importantly, because I, I don't know what the uh, percentage of Kickstarters that try or, or launch and then don't get funded versus the ones that do get funded, whatever. But, like, if the Kickstarter doesn't get funded, are you guys, like, packing your bags and going back to Germany? Or are there, like, contingency plans or, like, venture capitalists that have, you know, told you we'll lend you this money and bust your kneecaps out if you don't make it back? Or, like, what's the deal there? We won't leave you alone, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, we started on the Kickstarter last Thursday. Um, to be honest, it went a bit slow at the beginning. Well, still, um, we think that maybe it's not the right product for Kickstarter. Uh, but we're definitely not going to go back if our Kickstarter campaign, our aim is $86,000. Um, if we don't achieve this, we will stay here, but we will have to go other ways. Um, we are currently in uh, negotiations uh, with some TV chefs even, you know, that uh, find this really quite interesting and that basically would be the perfect promotion for this. Um, yeah, but uh, as I said, I mean, if Kickstarter doesn't work, we will find a way to bring this to the market. I mean, it's a niche product, to be honest. It's not a, a barbecue or a grill that everybody needs or wants. Especially at the price, um, but there is a niche market here, and you know, regarding the 330 million people here, um, we will be successful. That's what I believe. Yeah, but we are very positive about Kickstarter, so we have uh, many days in front. Uh, let's see what we'll bring. Uh, we had two purposes going on Kickstarter. One was like, of course, also uh, making the product known and having a little bit of feedback from the people uh, and uh, maybe then this feedback would turn into some future in our product. And uh, of course the, the aim was also to uh, get some resources out of it that we can also put in the product and uh, bring the perfect product into the market. And yeah, we, are, we are in a good way, let's say, and it, it's also helping on purposes like doing a little bit networking, some people are uh, talking to us and uh, bringing some ideas in and also we, we get to know some people who are interested for after the Kickstarter process. So it's it's a good experience by the way. So we will see what we'll bring at the end, but uh, it doesn't mean we're turning back. So we will, we will go for it. So yeah. or so. Good. Uh, Elton and Sebastian, can you guys hang out through a break here real quick and then we'll get into a little bit more of the particulars of the cooker itself? Sure. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, stand by here. And uh, we're talking with the guys that are uh, pushing Steakmeister. Barbecue food for you in the instant chat room. Put up a link. So if you're interested uh, and you're only listening on the audio side, go ahead and uh, punch that up. You can take a look at uh, Steakmeister in action. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Dave Bosca and Butcher Barbecue. That's right, folks. If you're like me, you're always trying to think of ways to step up the barbecue and grilling game. No better or easier way than by adding a little Butcher Barbecue to your arsenal. Look, we all know Butcher's is well-known for the injections, the pork, the beef, the prime, the bird booster. It's all good stuff. You can go to ButcherBBQ.com and buy all you want there. Load up now. End of the season for you guys that are ramping down on the competition scene here in Cleveland. It's going to get freaking cold real quick. I want to stock up now, all right? So I'm going to go to ButcherBBQ.com and get my injections. Now, if you're looking for the go-to rubber sauce, you've hit the mother load here as well. Butcher's Barbecue has a full line of award-winning rubs, 
Of course, one of my personal all-time favorite rubs is that honey rub. I also like the steak and brisket stuff. But try that premium rub if you inject with Butcher's. It is formulated to work with the injection. A perfect one-two punch to impress judges or friends alike. And, of course, last but not least, the Butcher's Barbecue Sweet Barbecue Sauce. Look, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. And uh, Butcher's Barbecue's Sweet Sauce wins in every category for me. Not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang. Just the right amount of back-end heat for crying out loud, no liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce, didn't take the easy way out, and add that devil's urine, better known as the liquid smoke. Grab a box of six, it's going to go fast. Don't worry about breaking the bank on shipping either. Items totaling up to $55 ship at $8.50. Between $55 and $200 ship at $9.75, and anything over $200 ships for free. So... What do I say? Go buy $200.01 worth of stuff and get the free shipping. You can do it. Also, remember, if you've tried somebody else's commercially made injection and it blows, you don't just have to throw it out anymore. Now you can go to the trade-in link at Butcher's Barbecue. Hit the trade-in link. Send back your other commercially made injection. Dave's going to weigh it and send you back something of his own in return. You specify what you want in the injection. He'll send it back to you in the same amount. He's going to make his customers happy. He's going to make his competition's customers happy. You're going to go to ButcherBBQ.com and get your own set of happy if you know what's good for you. All right, we're back with the guys from Steakmeister in about 15 seconds. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. For the people emailing in and saying, you don't have your green screen on. No shit. I told you 20 times already. I'm under construction over here. Give me a break. And one time, and you guys just live to bust my balls. That's what it is, right? Get out the boot, start kicking my scrotum. I get it. That's fine. Whatever. All right, well, we're talking with the guys from Steakmeister. Listening to me talking about getting my balls kicked in, by the way. Sorry, guys. That's how we roll here in the States. We kick each other in the balls as hard as we can. Um, So let me talk to you about... The Steakmeister, I guess, in, in an operational sense here. And uh, we're talking with Sebastian and Alton here from Steakmeister. So if you're looking at, especially for the folks here on the video side of things, and if you're listening on the Audible side, you can click the link in the show notes and you can actually see a video for yourself after the fact. But uh, there's, you know, what, six or seven, eight shelves uh, that are there in varying heights. Uh, does it come with as many uh, shelf slots that you can put stuff on, or is it just like one removable slot, or it's an accessory thing, or how does that work? Yeah, actually, uh, in our prototype, we we have like um, a fixed shelf, so we, it, it wouldn't differ now. Uh, then uh, for later on, we will see if if this is the optimal uh, number of shelves. It's uh, as I was. Um, uh, telling so it's still in development and kind of we will see which which shells will fit the best but uh, maybe your perspective is better to show the um, yeah. uh, features so i mean basically the main purpose of this grill is basically to to to, to broil a steak and uh, due to the top mounted burners you know they're right here you basically want to put the steak right underneath the flame 
and it gives the steak within 45 or 50 seconds uh, a very nice steady brown crust. So that basically is the top shelf here. But you can also use it, you know, if you want to do some vegetables, you know, to satisfy your woman and uh, to justify the high price that you pay. Wait, I don't, I don't satisfy my woman with vegetables, pal. It's all meat. It's all meat, baby. Yeah. All right. Sorry, we got off yeah, track. Probably it's your boss money that you're gonna spend. So uh, <laughs> yeah, know. right. So, but what you can you can also do is um, it's regarding the level of doneness that you want. You can also you know put it underneath here. And, uh, you know, have it, I don't know, if, if you want it well done, there are people that want their steak well done, uh, it's strange for me, but you can also have it here then and have it a rest, because uh, due to the really radiant heat, um, here it's, let's say, 1500 degrees, and here it goes down, goes down, goes down to, I don't know, maybe 200 or 300 degrees, so it's not that hot anymore. So basically what you can do here is also, you know, to have to some, some sides like, I don't know, broccoli, vegetables, stuff like that. But you can also do it at the same time, so probably what you can do here is uh, do your steak up here. We have those nice dripping trays. Sorry, it was too loud. And you put the dripping tray right underneath, so the, the grease drops in here, and you can have a second grid here for the vegetables, stuff like that. So they, they do fulfill a purpose, all those uh, racks here. Can, can you buy multiple um, uh, cooking racks as come with, you know, six or seven of them, or what? Well, I mean, we at the beginning, you know, we have a bundle, you know, that contains the grill. It contains two grids and two trays, and that basically for the beginning is all right. I mean, um, you have to make your experience with it. Uh, you can order it afterwards, but uh, it doesn't cost uh, that much money, you know, to 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 order some accessories for that. And it also comes with a handle, obviously. If I'm going to be doing a, let's say, one and a half inch ribeye uh how many steaks am i going to be able to get on one grid that is that actually is, is something um what we thought about um due to the, due to the quick uh, cooking time and i mean you can see the grid here where am i here am I? yeah i got you uh, um i mean it fits one one big ribeye steak or you can put two small ones in but uh, because it's so quick basically what we do I mean we not just feed like four people with, with one steak each what we do is we kind of celebrate the steak eating so we have one ribeye steak for example and we put it out if it's done then we just slide it we have some nice um, um, cuts in there and then we just share it you know it's kind of celebration and then during that time we do the second one the third time the fourth time um, yeah but uh, that's something that we will work on maybe for the next generation to make it a bit bigger but then uh, it's also some problem that the cost will rise, obviously, the burner gets bigger, and the whole machine gets heavier, and it's not that portable anymore. Yeah. What, what, what kind of, uh, and I'm not looking specifically for figures, but I mean, is something like this uh, a fairly expensive cost for you guys? And then, of course, at cost, then you got to you know, put on your profit in order to make some money because, you know, I'm a sales guy and I, I don't think anybody should not make a profit. You're in business to make money. So that's what you got to do. But at some point, obviously you're running into a, a position where you're, you know, you, a certain size niche and then you get a little bit more expensive and that niche starts to shrink down and you get more expensive. And all of a sudden, you know, you're like uh, the upper 1%. So, uh, I mean, there's got to be that struggle of, you know, accommodating as much as possible, but making it as affordable as possible at the same time. So, um, 
well, obviously you have to see the, the competition. If there's competition like that, I mean, if you see the competition in terms of the heat, the next grill, I would say, who provides like 1500 degrees is like 2000 and higher. So we basically didn't want to go into that range. Um, it is all stainless steel. It costs the money. Um, we want to produce in America. I mean, um, you know, American hands are a bit more expensive than Chinese hands, I would say. A bit? <laughs> a bit? Oh, my God. You know it's way more expensive. Come on, man. Who are you kidding? Yeah, but for a good reason. And uh, the burner, the technique costs its money. Um, so we're going to bring it to the retail for 990 bucks. Um, but that really is a, is a fair share for us. I mean, probably not going to get rich with this one. Uh, but we want to, you know, I wouldn't say survive. But, you know, we want to make our living with this one. Yeah. But it's, it's, I think it's fair. And once we get into the retail, and obviously the retailer also wants his share, then you know it's getting even margin. The, the thing that, in regards to competition, that is the biggest difference here, and I can, you know, there's a lot. The, the hot and button term of the summer this year, I think, was infrared. Uh, you had a real big manufacturer that produces, the well-known producer of crap called Charbroil, that said that they were doing infrared, but it, it, it's not that. It's not that burner. It was like a gas burner underneath some like uh, metal. And I think that for how they heated the metal, they were saying that that was true infrared cooking. And then you have, but it, very in, you know inexpensive for that kind of infrared burner. But then you have a company called Tech, TEC, which is <coughs> widely known as the infrared grill leader of, uh, of the market. But the difference is this. Their infrared is bottom up. Your infrared is top down, a completely different way of cooking. And I think when you look into the steak restaurants, you know, they aren't bottom up. They're top down too, right? Yeah. I mean, the the, the big advantage of this is um, you get a steady crust and all the grease, you know, that doesn't drip on the energy source. So let's say then the the sizzle zone or the infrared burner down there. And uh, I mean... I don't know if there are really, you know, scientific studies that prove that uh, dripping of the of the grease is some kind of cancer-causing flames or something like that. But it's definitely better if you don't have it at all. Are, are you the, are, wait? Are you saying that grease dripping down on energy causes cancer? <laughs> no, we are not Run. sure. Are any research? Head for the hills, everybody. What? No. <laughs> no, there are some rumors, but uh, you know. I don't want to say that's true, but it's also, you know, unwanted flare-ups. Um, it, it's possibly, it, it's not possible for us then. Yeah, from another perspective also, the dripping juice uh, can also be used for the, for a sauce, for example, because it's also collected down and uh, you can make a sauce afterwards out of it. So you can use also the juice afterwards. It's also, other than the uh, first claim, <laughs> another reason for that, yeah. Uh, we're talking with Sebastian and Alton from Steakmeister. Uh, we are looking to get them funded here uh, so they can get it out. So uh, if you hit the funding, like, what does that get you? Are you going to be able to start, like, turning these out like crazy? Or what Like, what level does that get you to, to where you want to be? So we, uh, we want to, first of all, optimize the product. So we, we want to get it market ready. Convenience is one of the things that we really put, um, so we focus on. Uh, is it doing the perfect steak for us? Yes. Now we are ready to go with our uh, Steakmeister for the perfect steak, but uh, it should be convenient. So we are we are aiming for 
about every household that wants to uh, get delivered the perfect steak. So it's in, in, in reasons of convenience, there are some small touches that also have to be done. Uh, what I want to say is uh, the money that we get, so when we get funded, that will go into the product for this convenience purposes to get the product market ready at the end. And there are some other things like, uh, for example, uh, logistics that we want to optimize, manufacturing that we want to, of course, the costs a little bit, uh, decreasing the cost is also one thing that we're targeting. Maybe then we can go also a little bit with the price down. So that will also be something that will show itself with time. And also the certifications could be a purpose that we can also use in, in the time that we, um, so on the road that we want to take in the next months. I mean, if you really start from scratch and without a, you know, Kickstarter funding, for example, then it's 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 quite expensive. I mean, we have a patent on it or patent pending. You know, that's what we have to pay. Uh, the UL certification is something that Artan already mentioned. I mean, we want to have the people's trust somehow. Um, that also costs money, but uh, you know, we, we want to sell some at Kickstarter to get also the price down and at the producer. I mean, obviously, if you don't pay the same price if you produce five or 500. But that's basically the reason we, we need Kickstarter. Alton and Sebastian are with Steakmeister, and uh, they have a very unique product that's going to get you great steak, uh, great crust. And I think the, you know, I'm a... Uh, my therapist says I'm not OCD, but I think I'm borderline OCD. And so I love to clean stuff because otherwise I can't sleep. Uh, so the, the inner body of the Steakmeister actually comes out and you can like put it in your dishwasher, right? That's correct. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning it. Uh, maybe we will show. So basically from this angle, it's better. So as I mentioned, also, we, we are going in the direction of convenience. Then we told like it should be easy to use and exactly as much as wow, easy to that. clean and so what you can do then is uh, take this out yeah. there you go Sorry. so basically you can put out the whole interior of this and uh, well that is the part where the most grease gets into actually that's the only part that really gets dirty but you can easily put it into the dishwasher and then uh, you know you get rid of all the dirt well that's great and that makes me sleep at night which i appreciate the most so uh you can go to kickstarter.com and search steakmeister and uh, check out exactly what's happening get a look at the video uh, you can also uh, hit my page and check out the post show notes if you want to get the link from there. Uh, Alton Sebastian, really appreciate the time tonight, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. There they are. Steakmeister, guys. Come on, you kidding me? Who wants a Steakmeister? I'd like two Steakmeister. $1,000. <clears throat> Give or take. So we'll see if you're in a giving mood, if you like to fund Kickstarter stuff, this could be your ticket. And they do sell a couple. I mean, it's a it's a little bit of a higher uh, backing situation that uh, you can get one at a substantially discounted price. I think if you back them for like five fifty or five hundred seventy bucks or whatever, then you can have one of the first Steakmeisters in production, and at that point, you're saving you know four hundred bucks, uh, almost five hundred bucks. So. I want to make sure that you guys are on the cusp 
of grilling technology, and the Steakmeister is right there. You know what I'm thinking about? The only other thing that I think competes, and I tried to have him on the show, and he's like, I can't, I'm struggling right now, is the Joe Namath Grill. Has anybody seen the Joe Namath Grill? Check out the Joe Namath Grill. That might be similar. I think that's top-down uh, top infrared cooking as well. I could be way off base. That's one is like right in Canton, Ohio or something. I got to get with Broadway Joe. Anyway, uh, check out Steakmeister on the Kickstarter page and you know, see what you think. Love your feedback on that. Thanks again to Sebastian and Alton for joining me and uh, talking about the Kickstarter for their Steakmeister. Let me talk to you about the Chops Power Injector System, folks. The 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year. They come in three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs, from the backyard cooks to the caterers, the restaurant chefs. Power injecting is right for you. Let's break down exactly what they have to offer right now. The number one seller is the half-gallon Chops Power Injector System, designed for competition or to pump up the backyard warrior like me. So easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three-plug screws, and a needle protector. $100 plus shipping anywhere. Next step, the one-gallon Chops Power Injector System. Designed for catering and bigger jobs. It will hold double the amount of the half-gallon. That's why they call it the gallon. Some use it in competitions like when you cook whole hog in an MBN contest, or maybe you're cooking 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector as well. 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Then the newest one, the Chopsful Power Injector System. It's electric. It is the commercial and competition big daddy. This is not a holding tank, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. From a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He said time and time again that with the Chopsful Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with a metal needle adapter, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11.5-gauge needles, 3-plug screws, and a needle protector. This one's 325 bucks plus your shipping anywhere. A number of the top pitmasters in the world use Chops Power Injector System every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Because here's the thing. We live in a foodie world that now requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it. It's how you do it fast and right. It's not just for meat either. How about an alcohol-infused watermelon or cantaloupe or kiwi or whatever it is you're eating with a, uh, alcohol in it? Every injector hand-assembled and made right in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Extra accessories. If you want them, they got them. You want to shoot medium-ground spices, they have you covered for that. They have two, three, and four-inch 12-gauge needles. Also, they have two-inch closed tip needles perfect for injecting fatty meats to keep from plugging up the needles with fat they sell replacement stock needle adapters and plug screws that have a great upgrade that you can buy to make the chops power injector system bulletproof metal needle adapters that's right i said it chops power injector system give your barbecue some power absolutely you should and more importantly you visit BarbecueKansasCity.com to get yours today. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, BarbecueKansasCity.com. We're back to wrap the show up right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Thanks again to Alton and Sebastian from Steakmeister for joining me, talking about their project. It's up and coming. Again, you can find them on uh, Fund... Uh, fund me. Uh, Kickstarter. Check out the info there. Kickstarter.com and then search Steakmeister or... You can uh, check me out on my uh, blog post for tonight's show, post show notes. And there's a link for it up there as well. If you got the newsletter, there is a link for it on there as well, as well. So you're all covered. Great. Wonderful. Hey, let's go ahead and beat it out of here. Because all the way back in the first hour... We talked with Tuffy Stone from Cool Smoke, the pitmaster there. We've reconnected. We've rekindled. So we'll look to have Tuffy on again sooner than later. We'll pick a subject and delve into that at length, ad nauseum potentially. He also joined me for the third interview segment that uh, first hour. If you missed it, go get it in the podcast just like everything else. Don't feel all ashamed weird or otherwise if you missed uh, a interview because they're all stellar and worthwhile you can always get in the podcast subscribe to this show on iTunes as well uh, if you subscribe through iTunes leave a review of the show I would appreciate that plus it vaunts the show's status within the metrics of iTunes and where it shows underneath the food category we're always top rank 100 out of thousands and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands but I wouldn't mind seeing it on the front page or, you know, up in that 10 to 20 mark. That'd be great. So review it on iTunes if you get it through iTunes, the show that is. In the second hour, we talked with Sebastian and Alton from Stegmeister. They're trying to get funded through Kickstarter, a stainless steel kind of rectangular situation that grills at 1,500 degrees through the use of an infrared top-down burner. Check that out. Thanks to them for coming on. And thanks to you, Centralites, for listening live. Don't forget, next week begins the three-week giveaway of the iGrill 2s and drink koozies. Next week and next week only, we're giving away a Caribouda pork ham from Snake River Farms. Retail, like, 200 bucks or something. And we may or may not be doing a butcher barbecue giveaway as well. We're giving it all away during the holiday season, folks. That's what it's all about. Giving it all away. All right. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.